Good morning. It's Tuesday, July 16th, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz, a daily podcast catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news, all within 15 minutes or fewer. Checking in from the Winfrey Hotel in Hoover, Alabama, my name is Connor Tapp, and I'm joined this and every weekday by 24-7 Sports College Sports Editor, Trey Scott. Trey, what's going on? Fifth floor, stand up. I don't yeah. even know how many days we have until the start of the season because mm. we are in. I think it's medi- 40. 40. We are in media days vacuum. Yeah. Like nothing else matters right now. Yeah, nothing else matters. It's a very, it's a very, being at media days is such a bizarre experience. It feels like it matters a lot and not at all. It's like you it's, get, you're like, this does matter. And then you get to the press conference and you're freezing. Yeah. And the coaches are going literally and go, freezing and because going. it's Guys, an ice it's box cold. And, yeah. It's cold here. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, if I hear one more transfer portal question, I'm packing <laughs> up and leaving. Yeah. We'll talk some more about the transfer portal and the myriad questions that were fielded about it today. Um, also, later on, we'll hear from Chris Hummer, who's on the scene at Big 12 Media Days in Dallas. Uh, but so just to quickly recap here at SEC Media Days on Monday, we heard from Commissioner Greg Sankey. We also had delegations from Missouri, Florida, and LSU. And we kind of thought the most digestible way to break down what happened today would be for us to each give uh, our three big stars from today. And Trey and I agree on two of our stars and dif- differ on, on one of them. So that's just kind of how do it, we'll do it. I guess let's start with the ones we agree on. We talked about the transfer portal already. Uh, transfer portal was a question that came up a lot today. One, because, you know, Yes, the transfer portal existed during the season, during last season, but it didn't really heat up and overheat until the off season. So this is really our first extended chance to ask these coaches about it, which is, and people are like working on their trend pieces about the transfer portal. So every single coach is, they're, they're amassing the quotes about the transfer portal for their columns. And so you got a lot of coaches talking about the transfer portal, not necessarily bringing it up of their own volition, though some did. But uh, I thought it was interesting. We kind of got the full variety of opinions from the coaches today on the transfer portal from uh, Barry Odom, who seemed kind of open and interested in the transfer portal, to Dan Mullen, who was like... Uh, We've, you know, benefited from this some. We've been hurt by it some. It'll be interesting to see as time goes on uh, the pluses and minuses of this thing. And then Ed Orgeron, I thought it was interesting, just was like, uh, he was like, he was asked about it. And he was like, first of all, I'm against it. Um, so that was interesting. Um, so I don't know. Do you feel like you've learned anything about the transfer portal today? Or is it, I don't know. No. Um, <laughs> I think maybe the one thing I learned and maybe not learned, but relearned, and, and can we can emphatically stamp this as the off-season of the, of the transfer portal. Yeah. And it is such an overwhelming, pervasive element of college football right now. Everyone's talking about it. And two of the three quarterbacks we've talked to today are products of the right. transfer system. Yeah. Burrow wasn't a transfer portal guy, but whatever. Right. And the blowback I'm I'm almost more interested in starting to kind of guess what this looks like next year yeah we started to we saw the NCAA coming out with passing some you know legislation that it's gonna be more difficult to achieve first year eligibility I think outside of what the coaches had to say about it 
the players were all asked about it too, because the same guys here writing the columns want to know from the players. And I thought, you know, we haven't done this forever, but I, I the, the players were more honest and open about mm-hmm. the transfer portal and the fact that they all should be able to play if it makes sense. And I kind of expected and that did go on the spectrum a little bit. Yeah. Kelly Bryant said when he talked about his decision to leave Clemson, it's a business decision. He said, and he's, and I asked him, I said, you were, you, you left the team. Mm-hmm. You didn't just accept your backup job with a clipboard. He said, yeah, I went fishing that week when they played Syracuse in week five. And had he not done that, Kelly Bryant would have been thrust into action and burned his red shirt. And so I kind of asked him about the emotions of that, knowing that he could have he was on the on a fishing boat instead of helping his team win a game. And yeah, I had a little devil's advocacy in that. You know, I, I would think it'd be the right decision for Kelly Bryant to be to not be playing. And yeah. he kind of said, Yeah, I thought it was the best thing to remove myself from the team. I didn't want to be in a situation where later on down the line something happens, aka he goes in. And I think two years ago, no one ever would have said that. Yeah. We just had a player tell us today, Connor, or yesterday, that he's he left the team so that he wouldn't be put pressured into action. Now, we did talk to little Michael P. Ryan a little bit, and he had a little bit of a different take on the portal. I believe it was P. Ryan. Maybe it was Grant Delpit. <laughs> Someone said <laughs> something along the lines of, a lot of transfers going on. I believe they should play. It was P. Ryan. I believe yeah. they should play only if it kind of makes sense and not just like they're leaving because of scared of competition. Right. And I thought to myself, are we talking about Chris still here? And it was interesting because, you know, P Ryan is a guy who's kind of worked up the depth chart, put in the time at Florida. And now as a senior, it's his time to shine. It was, it was interesting to hear P Ryan kind of not give the 100%, uh, I guess, I don't know, stereotypical answer. You think a, a player might give, uh, about, uh, you know, we should always be able to transfer no matter what. Well, and I'm glad you said that because I was at the Elite 11 finals a few weeks ago asking, I asked a few quarterbacks about the transfer portal or what they thought. And they all were like, yeah, if you want to leave, you should leave and play immediately. Hmm. And I thought maybe P. Ryan, who's a senior, wasn't a highly ranked recruit, three-star kid. You said worked his way up the depth chart, part of a committee of of really good running backs in Gainesville. I thought maybe that's a good answer with context. And outside, and then we'll move on from the transfer portal, it was just kind of... We talk about it a lot, and I don't know if it's because 24-7 has just cornered the market on our transfer portal, but it was reassuring that everybody else was talking transfer portal. Yep. This wasn't just a, a, like we're, a fabric of our creation. Confirmation that we're not so inside the bubble and mm-hmm. just inflating the importance yeah. of this. Um, so kind of takes us into our, our second unanimous star for Media Days today was Kelly Bryant, who fielded... I, you you wrote a piece, a, a very good piece minutes. about uh, Kelly Bryant and just kind of you know how he was today and I think you put it at fifty fifty Clemson Mizzou questions I would have even said seventy five percent Clemson to Mizzou questions maybe higher like dude sat there and you know these guys don't like to field questions about the past they like just want to that. So so much of the time they want to get into the, well, I'm just looking at the next game on the schedule, taking it one day at a time thing. But he was like a champ and took these questions and answered them. And I thought in a way that was very thoughtful and revealing in a lot of cases and just far beyond the surface level. Just I just want to get this question over with type of thing. And it went on for, like you said, like 38 minutes. Yeah, he didn't no comments, anything totally would have been his right to. Yeah, no one. 
yes, you know, he's a Missouri starting quarterback, and there are a few right. interesting things about that. You know, yeah. they have a bull ban going on, but they could be eight and no before they play Georgia. You know, he wants to play in the NFL. He likes what they did with Drew Locke. He just talked about, I mean, he was so honest. And there was one I put in the story. It's on 24-7 sports. I mean, we had a, a, a reporter ask him, uh, was it bittersweet to watch the Alabama game? Were you surprised by the Alabama <laughs> game? What about the margin of victory? Because when you played them, the margin of victory wasn't like that. And then has uh, Clemson overtaken Alabama as college football superpower? Like Kelly Bryant doesn't have to be answering these questions. Yeah. And the last one's like, are you serious? Yeah. And he did, and he never acted like any of this was a problem. He got asked about, does he have Clemson's national title ring? I thought that was the only time he was a little bit like, Ugh. you know, yeah. kind of hinted, you know, it's it just a little bit like, no, I didn't get one. Maybe I was expecting one is kind of how he acted. But yeah, I thought he was really honest. I thought that's an example of a guy who is a class of 2015, which mm-hmm. is a long time ago. Yeah. And he's been in a program that clearly does a good job of preparing guys for the next level uh-huh. of whether that's the NFL or life beyond that. Um, that's a plug for Dabo. I thought, I thought Kelly Bryant was great and he put up with more than he had to. Yeah. And that, that is a good point about Clemson and preparing this athletes because Clemson is a place where as a underclassman quarterback, you're exposed to the media a lot more than anywhere else. And they are just very, transparent with that stuff they are regarded as having one of the best sports information departments yeah. in college football um all right so star number three is where we diverge a bit and it's probably just by virtue of the fact that we had to divide and conquer and i had to go hit uh or i guess this was at yeah we so i ended up at Lamichael p ryan and i think you were at felipe franks and then, and then I you stayed were at there burrow and burrow. i was at delpit so you yeah you stumbled upon a pretty good gym though in Lamichael yeah. p ryan huh yeah i i mean you know, this was a guy, admittedly, I did not know a ton about coming into today. Uh, as we mentioned, kind of a overlooked recruit, fought his way through a running back by committee situation, and now is kind of the kind of seen as the number one back for Florida right now heading into 2019. And man, he was just a quote machine. If Florida has a big season and there's a chance that they might, and uh, LaMichael P. Ryan is a guy with a microphone in front of his face a lot this season, it could be a lot of fun. Oh, no, it, I wouldn't say it was a rival game. It was just another game. So uh, we prepared just like it's a regular game. I wouldn't call it a rival game. If LSU, that's a rival game. So we look at Tennessee like another game. I'm not an Auburn fan at all. Uh, they recruited me a little bit, but I didn't have an offer for them. They told me I was too slow. Yeah, you turn on my film, you can tell I'm not that slow. So, I mean, they had their opinion. Everybody does. Coach Saban offered me my senior year in high school, but he offered me last minute, so I felt kind of disrespected. I love with each of those. He, like, <laughs> has the beginning of the quotes, like, reasonable. Yeah. Like a normal thing I could hear. And then he, like, follows with, like, you know, you hear Tennessee, not a rivalry game. Yeah, just coach speak. LSU, no, yeah, that's a rivalry yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, he had good color. I, I that's um, I'm excited about him. Yeah, it could be Felipe Franks is a good quote too. My, yep. I, I was impressed by Joe Burrow. Yeah, you're the guy star number three. Yeah, he looks like I don't know. He he looks like he should be on Wall Street or something. But if you spend five minutes with him, like if I spent five more minutes with Joe Burrow, I might be picking LSU to beat mm. Alabama. And that's probably recency bias. You know, give me yeah. a room with Tua on Wednesday. But <laughs> the guy only had two 300-yard games last season. And But he, he saved the best for last corner. He had a huge game against UCF, four touchdowns, something like 370 yards passing. 
He's regarded as a tough runner. He only averages like 3.7 yards a carry, but he like makes the most out of it. Yeah. He talked today about contact. His uh-huh. dad's a defensive coordinator at Ohio, or, or used to be. I'm not sure if he's still there. He said, you know, Joe grew up playing cornerback, would have 15 tackles a game, said he could be a D1 player on the defensive side of the ball, and goes, you know what? I like contact. Puts his arms there. He goes, it's hitting, guys. It's football. <laughs> and I was like, this is cool. This is an LSU quarterback with swag. This is not an LSU quarterback with misplaced swag like right. a Zach Mettenberger. Yeah. Or this is, an LSU, this is not an LSU quarterback with zero swag like anyone else we've seen yeah. in our lifetime. I thought, I thought Joe Burrow delivered the goods, man, and he talked so highly on, on uh, Ed Orgeron. said, if you spend 45 seconds with Ed Orgeron, you might not think he's that smart of a guy. And I'm paraphrasing here, but yeah. you like sit down in a room with him? And he's and he's not just a defensive coach; he's an offensive coach, and he's really grown a lot. And him and I had a lot to prove last year as a new quarterback coming in and a coach on the hot seat, and we did. And I was just that's just that's good stuff, man. Yeah. So that was it here from uh, Media Days on day one. Uh, as we mentioned, Greg Sankey, the commissioner, also spoke, but not really a whole lot of interesting came out of that. Maybe the most interesting thing is like something only the media cares about, which is that Media Days will be in Atlanta in 2020 and then in Nashville in 2021. Well, Andy doubled down on the SEC's efforts to make efficient officiating more transparent, but we'll learn more yeah. about that later in the week with Steve Shaw. Yeah, there is a Twitter, an SEC officiating Twitter feed now and a uh, secsports.com forward slash officiating. So uh, I guess there will be some content coming out there. Um, well, let's... Right now, uh, let's hear from Chris Hummer, who, as we mentioned, is on the scene in Dallas at Big 12 Media Days. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving nonstop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. This is Chris Hummer reporting live from Big 12 Media Days in Arlington, Texas. These are the main takeaways from day one of the event. Expansion is always a popular topic with the Big 12 given, well, its lack of 12 schools. There is, however, no imminent expansion coming for the league. Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby said there's been no expansion talk at any level. Bowlesby also announced that the Big 12 had partnered with ESPN Plus to create a new digital network, Big 12 Now. Bowlesby said Big 12 Now will hold over 800 live events a year. I just wouldn't expect to see much Texas and Oklahoma content as Longhorn Network and OU's partnership with Fox Sports are still alive, holding many of both schools' third-tier rights. In quarterback news, Jalen Hurts is still technically involved in a QB battle at Oklahoma with Tanner Mordecai. In much the same way, Kyler Murray was still technically in a QB battle this time last year with Austin Kendall. But I'll go ahead and break this news now. Hertz is going to start week one against Houston. Oklahoma State and TCU are still engaged in QB battles as well. Watch out for Spencer Sanders and Stillwater and transfer Alex Delton and freshman Max Duggan at TCU. Speaking of TCU quarterbacks, Ohio State transfer Matthew Baldwin is still awaiting the results of his appeal for immediate eligibility from the NCAA. Les Miles, uh, he of Kansas and national championship fame, had a somewhat awkward debut at the podium for Kansas, stumbling through his opening remarks about suspended running back Puka Williams, who was arrested in December on domestic battery charges. Miles did say, however, he saw Kansas's one-game suspension of Williams, which will come against FCS opponent Indiana State as the right one. 
Finally, in additional Miles news, the 65-year-old was asked how long he saw himself coaching, to which Miles responded, I could see a comfortable five-year stint, but if you get it going at some point, you'd like to think you could stay longer. All right. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Coming up here Tuesday in Hoover, we've got Georgia, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, and SEC coordinator of officials Steve Shaw, where presumably we'll be getting some more details or at least a reiteration of some of those details on uh, the transparency efforts coming from the league office as it concerns officiating. Uh, Trey, any... What is the biggest thing you're looking for? Two things to watch. Last year, Jeremy Pruitt was pretty notorious for keeping anything about his team under the vest. Mm -hmm. I want to know maybe this year if he talks a little bit more about his actual team. Maybe he likes him a little bit more than he did last year. And then Jake Fromm and the rest of the Georgia Bulldogs, how are they handling the hype? Yeah. Maybe this is the year they take down Alabama. I want to see if they have anything good to say, if they have any Michael P. Ryan-esque quotes. Yep, that is going to do it for today's episode of the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend to check us out. For Trey Scott and Chris Hummer, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you bright and early on Wednesday for the next edition of the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz.